Hosanna, a fellowship of Christians. On this final day of 2023, how many people are happy that the year is over? Anybody? Yeah. Is, is anybody sad that the year's over? <laughs> sad and happy at the same time. All right, well, we're, we want to reflect on what God has done for us this year. So just keep that in mind. What has he done for you in 2023? And what's he going to do for you in 2024? Can I get everybody to stand that can stand, or if you don't want to stand, that's fine also. You can stay sitting. People at home, please stand up. I can see you.
all the stories I've heard all the stories I've seen all the signs Witnessed all the glory And tasted all that's fine Nothing compares to the greatness of the Lord.
Because God, nothing compares to you. When we sit down and we're quiet, Lord, we realize that.
Don't be quiet. Oh, golly. Well, good morning, everyone. It's hard to believe this is the day before New Year's, isn't it? Wow, where did 2023 go? Away. <laughs> yes, I have to say I'm not sorry to see it go, but... <laughs> Welcome this morning to Hosanna. Welcome to our family and friends online. And if you're visiting with us, we give and extend a warm welcome to you. You know, singing that song, Praise the Lord. Thanks, Jeff. We had some sad news this week. Um, Ellsworth heard. You remember Ellsworth? He passed away on Wednesday morning at 5.45. Now, many of you know Ellsworth, who has played the drums. There he is, playing the drums on the worship team for many, many years. And when we found out that Ellsworth had passed away, the first thing that I remembered, and many probably of you will remember it too, the Easter video that we put together and that Ellsworth was in that video praising God, all his soul, because he could not believe just how good God was to him. Well, Ellsworth is now praising God before the throne. So let me just pray for Ellsworth's daughter, the worship team. The worship team took Ellsworth's passing really hard because, you know, they're more than a worship team. They become a family. So let's pray. God, we thank you for Ellsworth's life and his gifts and talents that he used here for many years to bless us by playing the drums on the worship team. Lord, we pray for his daughter and granddaughter and all of us, and especially the worship team, Lord, as they're dealing with the grief of saying goodbye to elves. God, we thank you that elves is in your presence and that's where he wanted to be. Lord, I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for the love that we have for each other, not just in these four walls, but in our community as well. So Lord, we thank you and we do praise you with all of our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, you can pass those offering buckets. Just want to say, if you weren't here on Christmas Eve, wow. We had an amazing Christmas Eve service, and we keep getting feedback of how wonderful it was and people saying that they think it was the best one. So thank you to everyone who participated in that. And then also, many of you in our congregation took little gifts off of a Christmas tree that was sitting in the foyer for Rose City Rehab for the folks there. This is just some of the gifts that were received. And we also have, look at all those gifts that you provided to the folks at Rose City. A lot of those folks don't have a lot and you bless them this Christmas. So there they are. There's, oh, that's Mark and Barb Ebal. They must've went along that day to bless the, fa- the friends and family and Mark Miller. They're delivering all the packages. Yes. It's really cool that we could bless those families at Rose City. 
you know, some of the folks didn't have very much on their little tags. Some wanted some stamps so they could mail letters. Some wanted some word puzzle books. Not much. And you blessed them. So thank you on behalf of the friends at Rose City. Yes. Today is the last day to bless Water Street Mission with our Change for Change bucket. We'll be changing that next week. So today's the day to bless Water Street. The adult class, Five Freedoms, continues today in the Blue Room following the service. And last but not least, the Women's Fellowship will be meeting this Wednesday. Can you believe it? It'll be January 3rd. They'll be meeting at 1 o'clock in the Blue Room. And with that, I'm going to invite Tony and Joanne to come up and bring us the message. We will also have an update for you from Bulgaria. Hadi Atanasov has sent me some uh, photos already of their Christmas gift distribution. I didn't have them ready for today, but uh, we'll get them out to you in the next week or so. So, but uh, with a thanks to you for that as well, because we sent a fair amount of a fair amount of your gifts, your money. They bought stuff over there and then uh, distributed to people in their in their nation. So, okay, well. <clears throat> It's the end of the year. We've already alluded to that, and it just feels weird. Like I, if, if I was to write a check right now, I'd probably write like March 2023 or something. I'm not. Uh, is anyone else feeling a little bit of that time warp? Like, how did we get to December 31st already? But here we are. I got away for a couple of days. I was out in the car, and I was wondering why people who make car commercials shout at us. You know what I'm talking about? On the TV, in the car... One of those, I was out of my car, one of those commercials came on, and I, I have some hearing loss, so, but even I was blown away by the volume of this ad as it was blaring at me. It, it, it sounded something a little like this. Are you ready to get revved up? We've got all of the hottest SUVs you've been searching for. It's our end-of-the-year clearance sale. Come in for a test drive and leave with a powerful SUV for just half the price. Yes, you heard it, half the price. Don't wait, because this promotion goes away when the year does. <laughs> that's a real commercial. No, that's, you recognize that voice. I'm sure Jeff, that was awesome. <laughs> that is a real commercial. I went online and found a script. Uh, for a real commercial. Um, anyway, why did they do that? So I, I listened to this commercial, and I, I, of course, as soon as I heard it and it started shouting at me, I, I hurried over to the dealership and bought myself a new SUV. <laughs> no, of course, I, I think it's counterproductive. I turned the radio down. I don't want to hear this yelling at me. Their end-of-the-year clearance is going to have to wait and depend on others to come in. But it got me wondering, maybe we could have an end-of-the-year clearance here at Hosanna. No, we're not selling the furniture. <laughs> Actually, why don't we change the wording on that just slightly, Joanne's suggestion, have ourselves an end-of-the-year clearness. Ah. Actually, that's a word that some Christians use when they're discerning something together. At the end of a process of reflection, they might say they have clearness on it. They even have clearness committees sometimes. They have what they need in order to be able to move forward. So over the last month, 
we've been reflecting on the experiences, right, through Advent and then Christmas Eve. And wow, if you weren't here on Christmas Eve, I'm sure you were blessed where you were, but wow, the Holy Spirit was definitely here. What a beautiful service. Um, but during the last month or so, um, we've been reflecting on the experiences of some, uh, some of the biblical characters connected with the Christmas story. First, we looked at uh, priest Zechariah and his once-in-a-lifetime experience of being chosen to burn incense on the altar in the holy place of the temple. And as he did this, which was a great honor, an angel appeared and gave him the good news that he and his wife Elizabeth would, they were going to have their long-awaited child, this baby that they were longing for for their entire married life. And they were very old. So Zechariah, you know, in response to this angel's message, he, he had some unclearness himself. He questioned the angel, and he emerged from the holy place unable to speak. And then we looked at Elizabeth, his wife's relative Mary. We looked at her experience, or more accurately, her experiences, because she had quite a few. First, when the angel Gabriel appeared with the good news that if she agreed, she would become the mother of the Messiah. And Mary said yes. And then she kept saying yes, even in the midst of ongoing unclearness about what to do, about how others would react, about all of the mysterious things that just kept happening. And then we looked at, at Mary's betrothed husband, Joseph, who was a good, compassionate man. But discovering that his beloved was pregnant with a child that he knew wasn't his was an experience that he would never have expected. So Joseph decided, quietly, to divorce her. But then an angel showed up again, lots of angels. An angel showed up in a dream, telling Joseph that Mary's child was indeed the Messiah and that he'd been chosen to be Messiah's stepfather. Well, Joseph said yes and welcomed Mary into his home, even though none of this made any logical sense at all. And you know, we know the rest of the story, how nine months or so later, Mary gave birth to Jesus in a stable surrounded by animals. And how before very long, they were surrounded by shepherds who excitedly told the story of their own angelic experience and the heavenly light show that accompanied it and the message that they'd received that the Savior had been born in Bethlehem for everyone, for the whole world, including the unclean, smelly likes of them. All of these experiences were different, right? They were unique for each person involved. And yet they shared something in common, right? Something common to every human being and every personal human experience. See, what do we share? We share the fact that unexpected experiences happen. They happen every day. They happen in every human life. And in those moments, right, even in the best circumstances, we, like you know, the, the Christmas characters, we can become very disoriented and confused ourselves. 
So one of the points here then is that experience alone without reflection doesn't help us very much, does it? Otherwise, we tend to end up like Charlie Brown, who forever gets that <laughs> football pulled away when he kicks it. If Charlie would stop to reflect, hmm, the last 87 times I've tried to kick this ball, Lucy has pulled the football away, and I ended up on my butt in the dirt, maybe I ought to try something different this time. <laughs> yes. We would not enjoy the comedy, of course, of it. But there's a point there. Socrates once famously said, an unexamined life is not worth living. And I'll be willing to bet you, I don't know, but maybe I'm being too critical, but I think the majority of humans live unexamined lives. We just go from experience, 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 and we don't stop to do the examination, to do the reflection, to see what it has to offer us. See, unexamined experience is just a moment in time. Reflection, however, helps us become aware, helps us change, helps us learn. In fact, a couple decades ago, a guy named David Kolb created a whole model of experiential learning that we use in higher education. I've taught this to my students over the years. It's an intentional way to learn from our experiences. Because learning doesn't just happen by listening to a professor or reading a book. You know, that Those are experiences that could be learning, but they're also, all of life offers us these opportunities. And the invitation is to not just live it, but to also learn and grow from it. Kolb said there were four stages of learning from experience. It sounds academic, but it's cool. The first one is lived experience. Something that either happens to you, like Joanne was just talking, life happens. Or perhaps it's something you seek out. Some of us intentionally do things because the experience we believe will be worth it for us. Maybe it's some risk. The second stage then, he says, is reflective observation. We stop and notice something happened. What might it mean? What just went on there? What's what's, what's going on? What am I noticing and observing about it? The third stage then, good academic term, abstract conceptualization, which is just a fancy way of saying we compare our own experiences to those of others. This is where reading a book might be helpful or listening to somebody talk or, or getting together in conversation with others. And man, I had this experience and this is what it felt like and this is what I've noticed. Well, I had a similar one and this is, what, this is where I, what, what happened to me as a result of it and this is how I grew. And suddenly we start connecting dots and we start learning from others. It's one of the reasons we need, we need each other. We need church. We make connections so that we can then engage in active experimentation to act upon what we've learned to do things differently in the future. I'm never trusting Lucy again to hold the football. <laughs> Linus, you're my friend. Come over here. Yeah. <laughs> and then when we experiment a little bit, the cycle repeats. Mm-hmm. Because you want to engage in reflection, reflective observation on that new thing that you've done, and, and then so on. And we keep going around. And so you, this, organically, there can be kind of this intuitive way of just learning from life as we go, if we're willing to pay attention. Yeah. So Kolb is very famous, you know, for developing this model of experiential learning. But the thing is, Kolb could only notice this human pattern because our creator designed us this way. He's noticing something that's always been there because this is the way that we were created by God to learn and to grow. Kolb was seeing, and we say this a lot here, that we see from where we stand, Kolb saw from the scientific place in which he stood. But for centuries before Kolb, some who saw from the spiritual places in which they stood had noticed these same four movements. 
of how not only we learn um, and grow through our, our lived experiences, but also how we learn spiritually and how we grow in relationship with God over time. Only they did it without all of Kolba's fancy names. Um, so what we're going to do is just kind of let's return to the experiences of our four Christmas characters and observe how did they move through these four movements of, of experiential learning from their experiences. How did they move through these four movements spiritually so that they were changed and so that they changed the world, right? Because they did change the world. Um, Zechariah, first, he shows us that we also need times of quiet reflection on our experiences in order to receive some understanding and some clearness. I don't believe, and you know, people can disagree with me, but I don't believe that Zechariah's muteness was a punishment because he, he had some real good questions about how old people can conceive babies. Well, he knew physically how that happened, but it, it was the miraculous part that he just didn't understand. How is this possible? Okay, well, Mary said that, too. She didn't come out mute, right? I don't believe it was a punishment. See, like many of us with our own spiritual experiences, the temptation is to run out and tell everybody, you'll never believe what just happened to me. I do it, I, t I often tell you, but there are times when I have no words, like last January when I came back from my retreat. I still have very few words. But, but so I, I think Zechariah was given the gift of silence and time. First movement, first learning movement, noticing. Silence and time in order to notice. Why? He needed time. This just doesn't happen every day. He needed time to pay attention to all the details. No, he needed to be noticing the deeper movements that were happening inside of him to ask his questions, to ask about meaning, about the consequences of, oh, what? We're going to get pregnant and what? And of course... He also needed some silence and some time to consider and notice how was God present with me? How, sure, an angel showed up, but sent by God. How is God in the midst of this with me? How is God present to me? What am I noticing there in, in, in the moment of this unexpected experience? So good noticing evokes. It draws out more and more and more to notice. And then when, when their son John was born and Zechariah could speak again, what do we hear? What we hear is what transpired in that time in between when he was unable to speak, when he was doing his spiritual work inside of noticing and engaging with God. How do we know that? Because he sang a, a beautiful Song of praise to God. We can hear in his Zechariah's song of praise what was happening inside of him as he was noticing and learning and growing spiritually. Mary, if we move on to her, 
She also continued to notice the details of her spiritual experiences. In fact, scripture tells us that after the shepherd showed up, Mary continued pondering all of these things in her heart. She was wondering. She shows us this next movement of spiritual learning and growth, moving from head thinking and all of that noticing and the wondering that's happening here, moving from head thinking to heart pondering, from noticing to discerning. Simply put, this is where we sift and sort with the Holy Spirit through all of what we've noticed in that first movement. We look for larger patterns. We start with God, with the Holy Spirit, making connections between these details and the other aspects of our lives. And especially, this is about prayerfully engaging with the invitations that God's offering us through our experience. And that question, that question, what does this experience reveal about what God wants for me? That question is vital. And how many Christians, how many of us get there? See, we are usually more reactive. We just react. No, notice. And then, like Mary, moving down into the heart level of things and asking, what is this revealing to me about what God is wanting? Okay, once we have a sense of that, what God's wanting, guess what? It isn't just one-sided. This is growth in relationship with God, too. We then get to be honest about what we want. So you see, Carrick Moses, from Moses all the way to Jesus in Gethsemane, there is a conversation that's real going on and authentic saying, okay, fine, I don't want to really go back and lead your people out of Egypt, but I'm going to go. All right, I'm going. I'm here. Done. Your people. I didn't sign up for 40 years. And you can see Moses, he keeps going back to God saying, hey, they're your people, not mine. Do something with them. I'm going for a walk. You know this, But it's authentic and it's real. Jesus, I really, you know what? It sounded good. This idea of me dying for everybody and making everything right sounded good before I had a body. In Gethsemane. I don't really want to do this now. Thank you very much. That's what this is. It isn't always comfortable. It can sometimes be very uncomfortable. What we need to do sometimes, do that wrestling on the deeper level with God in the discerning and the sifting and the sorting in order to, I have to find out where I am now, in order to what? Because I got off my notes. Um, To come to a discerned decision a well-discerned decision about how we can say yes to God and to ourselves, right? Then moving into Joseph. Joseph is a great example of this entire process. Notice, when he discovered uh, Mary's pregnant, he didn't react impulsively, did he? He quietly took time to notice all the details, all the possibilities, and he made at that time what seemed to him the best choice And listen, this is how we go through our lives with God. One discernment leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. This is how we find our way. But then the angel showed up. Listen, and Joseph was open to this new experience. And he was open to rediscerning 
his choice to divorce Mary. A lot of men wouldn't have done that. They would have just said, nope, decisions made. Angel, nice to see you. Kind of late on this one. I'm moving forward. A lot of us would have been locked in, caring what other people might think. Not Joseph. He was willing to change his mind. He was willing to embrace both Mary and her child. And he was willing to live with the consequences. And that's the fourth movement of this kind of adapted Kolb model. Responding. See, moving, this is where we're moving our discerned choices into some kind of tangible action in the world. For Joseph, the response did not require words. The shepherds illustrate a, a responding that does use words. The shepherds, they're another good example of the whole process, right? At first, angels singing, light all around them, they reacted to that experience. And of course, they wanted to see for themselves whether what these angels were saying is real or whether they're just having a mass hallucination. They don't know. So they left their sheep. They took off into town. They found baby Jesus just as the angels described. And this is important. First movement, right? They had an experience. Then what? They noticed. It was what the angels had said. Oh, this baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. They noticed the details. And when that, when they realized, oh my gosh, this is real, it evoked out of them a life-shifting moment of silence. We don't know how long they stayed there. But they were quiet before worshiping. Their hearts discerned not a reactive response. As not a reaction. They didn't just react, but they were discerning life-giving responses. First response, odd worship. No words. Then later on, more discernment, right? Another choice. They left the stable, and they responded by taking the risk to tell everybody that they knew the best news ever. Words, not words but still that concrete, responsive action in the world. It's not good enough for us to know things in our heads, folks. It's not good enough. We've got to act. So let's bring this forward about 2,028 years, roughly. (laughs) At the end of a year, let's make David Kolb happy. (laughs) More importantly, let's let's follow that example set to us by these biblical characters. Mm We're going to invite you to reflect a bit on our experiences in 2023. Do this typically at the end of a year. It's a good thing to do spiritually so that it doesn't just, life doesn't just keep moving without us stopping to notice. We're going to try to relate our experiences to what God has shown us through scripture, history, and each other so we can continue to learn and grow in 2024 with greater wisdom, with clearness. Walk into the new year with our eyes wide open, our spiritual eyes wide open, knowing a bit more clearly about who we are and where we, what God is up to. Now, we're going to do this privately for a bit, but then we're going to, going to give you advance notice here, and this. we're going to open up the microphone for some sharing. So, and sharing becomes, this is not just space filler, it becomes really important in this process. We can't just do this on our own internally. We've got to connect 
but what God is doing in others. And so hearing those things and telling those things, like the shepherds did, you know, becomes important. So first things first, sit back, breathe in a bit, do not fall asleep on us, <laughs> and think of, choose an experience that you've had this year. Now, it doesn't have to be something that you don't have to think too hard about it. Usually the significant ones come to mind rather quickly. There's been a job loss or retirement or a grandchild born or a child born or there's been, you know, something significant. You move, something significant in your life perhaps. Or maybe it's not one of those big kind of events, but something that's still resonating within you. I ended up joking with our... Um, in our prayer time in the fellowship hall, we do that with the worship team and all of us participating every Sunday morning. And I just ended up joking because I guess I'm hyper, I'm running a little sleep, uh, about my first stromboli that I remember vividly, the experience in 1982. <laughs> Why do I remember that? Was it the stromboli? No, I was in college and it was, it was the, the first time out with a bunch of college friends. Anyway, I remember that event very clearly. It had some significance to me that six years later, oh, 41 years later, I'm still resonating with that a little bit. Okay, So there are those kind of disordinary life experiences that reach out and grab you. Think of something like that. Now, we got some questions for you. First one is, what is it? What is this? What was significant about this experience that it's coming to mind here right now? What happened? Now, the second question then becomes, what, what did you notice? What did you notice then when it happened? And what are you noticing now at the end of the year? You might want to think of it this way. If you had to describe the meaning of that event in a sentence or a phrase, what would it be? That was the day I... That was the moment I... That was when I, you know, something along those lines. I'll give you a moment on that one. I'll just hold that there. Third question is, what is God wanting to teach or show you in that experience? We're going to give you some quiet time when we're done here. I'm moving through the questions fairly, fairly quickly, but they're going to stay there and you'll have an opportunity to reflect more fully. But uh, think about who God is, how God acts. Think about God's grace. So here's my experience. Here's God. What might God want you to see, hear, or feel about that experience that could change something in you or for you? What is God saying to you about it right now? It's an amazing question, by the way, that spiritual directors ask an awful lot. And I'm glad they do because most of the time we don't stop to do that, do we? What is God saying to me in this moment? Mm-hmm. And then finally, what are you going to do differently as a result? Yeah. Is there a step of trust that God's inviting you to? Is there a change in the way you live, or you talk, you love? Is there, given our theme for the year, is there an opportunity here to say yes to something? <laughs> theme for the last series here. So 
So let's take another moment or two. We'll leave the questions up here. You ponder a bit. Then we'll invite some talking. And you can keep reflecting, but we want to open up some sharing time right now, some, some space for you to um, share with one another some of these experiences from 2023, especially, or others that may be coming to mind right now. And uh, right, we always say this, we know that many of you are not particularly comfortable sharing with a group or a microphone, uh, through a microphone, but we're inviting you anyway. Some of you are very comfortable, and that's good, but some of you who are a little less comfortable, we'd love to hear from you as well, um, because we're, as Tony said earlier, we're engaging in this process right now, very intentionally. We do this often, intentionally, because it's great for us to grow individually, spiritually, but we need each other. We need to hear each other. This is for the mutual benefit of all. Um, so we're going to sh hopefully share some experiences, what we've learned from them, and then listen to one another because the Spirit will be speaking in, in that as well. We want to grow together. We want to continue to learn spiritually together. We want to grow in greater clearness together, because we, in the coming year, we have a lot of discerning to do about several important things as a congregation. And so this is also preparation for our ongoing discernment together, in the many ways that God's at work in our lives and our world, but also what God is wanting us to do more and more in the lives of others and the life of our world. So I'm going to open it up now. The slide is going to be on the wall here in a moment with the reflection questions, just as a reminder. And so we're inviting you. You know, what would you like to share? We have a microphone up here, or oh, Jeff will bring you one, or one two, or however many he's. Yeah, I, I'd like to share that teamwork, I think, is so, so important. And I always worked with teamwork. And I just love it, because <laughs> I can't do everything, and I come with ideas galore, <laughs> and I think I know what would be a cool thing to do, 
But the teamwork, when you all go together, and as I'm aging, I can't do as much as I want to. Uh-huh. Uh, with operations you have and what have you, your energy level. But with teamwork, you can do so many things. And we did it within our family with different things, our 50th anniversary and our gatherings for getting everybody together again. And at first I felt like, I want to do this so bad, but I hope everybody knows I can chip in and make it happen. Mm -hmm. And it happened over and over with different things, and I just love that. Because everybody counts and everybody can do something, and every little thing is helpful. (laughs) And knowing you have teamwork makes it more fun. Yeah, the whole I'm, thing about it is just awesome. Yeah, and I'm curious. Thank you. And I, I'm curious. It sounds like that happened several times this year. Oh, it happened a lot. Over and over. Well, again. for one thing, I had hip surgery in the spring, and Steve had to step up to me this time yeah. instead of me helping him through his hard stuff, you know. And at first, he was it was different for him. Like I had to tell him every little thing. I thought, come on now. I know you know what to do. <laughs> Look how we do things, you know. And I told him firmly one day, and he completely got it. He got quiet, and he got on it. He knew, but he just had a teamwork here. Come on. Yes. I don't and have to say everything. To tell him. He did, I, uh, yeah. It's a great Sometimes example. you got to communicate it with yeah. other people, too. Like, can you help? And that I have exactly. trouble with a little bit, but now I can do it easier because I think everybody has something more than me. Yeah. To, to do, to add to it, to make it even better, because they're a different person with so different ways. So where's God in this for you? Oh, God is in, oh, the love is what I was <laughs> going to say. The love is what pushes things forward. Like when our family gets together, uh, on my siblings and my side and Steve on his side, we just did that at Christmas. Yeah. I, God just, I think he just taps into everybody. You love each other, so do something. Be comfortable, do it. Just do it, you know? Yeah. And it really, it really works, and everybody's happier, <laughs> and everybody knows they can do it. And I think God puts that little nudge in each of us if we would only act on it and, yeah. and feel we have support to do it. You yeah, know? it's a beautiful example. I, Thank I you. think Nike plagiarized from God in their marketing camp slogan: "Just do it." Yeah. That was God first. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you wonder when you're going to do too much, though, and that's the whole thing with oh, teamwork. Yeah. Because sometimes you think, is this going to be so too much that I'm going to just, it's going to mess me up, you know, a little bit. Because you got to look out for yourself, too. When you say, uh, take care, you mean take care of yourself. Yeah, so maybe you allowed Steve a spiritual experience then because he Uh, hadn't been noticing the details. And you invited him, and he got it. Yeah, sometimes we have to nudge each other, but I think God's Mm -hmm. actually nudging each of us. That's awesome. Yay, Steve. You probably owe her a couple more yet, too. (laughs) 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 Thanks. Thanks. We saw other hands. I knew I saw her. (laughs) Sherry. Yes, we see about three hands. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Happy birthday, Sherry. Oh. I have had the worst year that I have ever had. Each time I got sick, I learned that there's a lot of people here 
that ask me how I am. But also, there's a lot of time that I stayed at home and thought, gee, this is nice. I don't have to go to church today. (laughs) Then I started back. And people were still asking me, how are you? And I felt like I actually do belong here. And I was starting to feel when I was sick, that I don't belong to anybody there. I don't do anything there. So why go? But now I am back, I hope, (laughs) every week. Yes, yes. Thanks, Sherry. You want something to do? (laughs) But again, it's the honesty of what you were feeling. You know, we feel what we feel. It's what we do with it. And what I hear, again, is this process, uh, because you might not be as able to do things physically now, but how long have you been here? Like, a long time. Right, 37 years. So we we know you from the past, and that you were able to, with God at a time when you were tempted by your emotions, to step back, say, I don't matter, and believe things that aren't true, you chose to step in to notice what was happening. People, are, people love you. You chose to trust it and act on it. And here you are. That's awesome. We're going to talk more about this in class today, by the way, too. Yeah. yeah. What do we do with those feelings? Jeff. All right. Um, I'll take you through those boxes up there, Thank the you. first one. <laughs> I asked Jeff if it was red or orange, and then he informed me <laughs> that he couldn't tell. Um, but anyway, right, what, right. what was it and what was significant about it? So in August, around August time frame, I got an email about moving um, some journals out of the library at Evangelical Seminary, um, Kairos University. And um, at first I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. And then um, what did I notice? Well, I noticed that there's a possibility that these journals could be used elsewhere, right? They could be used, especially in a place that I like to go four times. I've been there four times in my life, India. They have a great need. I, I just taught there in March. So what did I notice then, now, and what might it mean? Well, I, I noticed that as I went through that mental process and began to actually consider how to do this, God began to connect dots, he put me in touch with two different groups, one in Michigan, one in Massachusetts. The, group in Mis- the, the team in Michigan was able to catalog, get the, get the journals all the way over to India. Not only to India. India is a large country, right? But within 100 miles of where they actually needed to go, which is a very remote part of the world to where they needed to go. And... So I contacted the president of their college, and he was interested in it. Long story short, all the pieces connected together. They're going to be on their way sometime in February or March of this year, probably. Mm -hmm. What is God wanting to teach me from this is that as I saw God working in the green box, in the yellow box now, I can trust God that he's going to, I can step out, and I don't have to worry that somehow he's going to 
pull the rug out from underneath me. I can trust him in what he wants to accomplish and that I'm a participant in what he wants to accomplish. And so then the blue God box, what am I going to do there? I'm an apostolic, prophetic kind of thinker. I just need to continue to dream and to allow God to create a vision and just pay attention to what God is doing around me. Yay. Yay. Thanks. We have nothing that we need to say in response to that other than amen. (laughs) Jeff Jeff is not trying to be self-congratulatory, so I'll tell a little bit of the rest of the story. He saw all those journals that needed to be moved, and he almost single-handedly took boxed up, what was it, 6,392 boxes? Uh, (laughs) Four tons of boxes. So it wasn't just noticing. It was when God invited him to get involved, he got involved. Spend much of this fall doing that. We're really, really great. I tell you about my daughter, where she works. My daughter, where she works, is in Myerstown, and they agreed to stage them at their um, wow. loading docks and, and help me to make the arrangements for shipping them to Michigan. And there are just a lot of pieces that came together. Yeah. It's, a, it's beautiful. Now I am going to say something. Because, so how many of us, we get to the third part of the process and we know a lot of things we know what god wants us to do we know but for whatever reason we don't actually step out on the we don't have to know the whole plan of how it's going to work out i think so important is you stepped out with the first thing you knew and all the pieces start falling together and so i know so many christians who sit around and say when is god going to do something in my life well i hear all of these stories that other people are telling when is God going to do? When you step out in the light you have, next step. And then the light, it's like when you hold a candle and there's, there's a circle. that the can't, Okay, you can stand there and hold that for 10 years and the circle is going to stay exactly where it is and the light's going to be exactly where it is. If you want more light, you step forward and then the next step in the path gets lit up. Does that make sense? Requires, that's the faith walk. You just keep going. You don't have to know. That's what's fun when all the pieces fall together and you didn't make it happen. It's great. Okay, somebody had their hand up over here. Um, I'm not sure where to begin. My life, uh, my mother went in the home a year ago, and, and she loves it, which I feel I'm blessed just by that. Um, my family doesn't have to convince her she needs to be there. But there's like so much. Uh, my life has just, it's just a new journey to me. And some of the things I am learning is to trust God. Um, I can relate to what Cindy said about reaching out. I'm not, well, I think I can do everything. I don't need anybody's help. I don't want to ask anybody for help. Well, that's just pride. You know, I I can't do it all. So I'm learning to ask my family to help. Um, I am learning to trust God. Um, I feel like Peter sometimes walking on water. It's like as long as I keep my focus on God, I'm okay. But... um, 
it's just been it it has been some days are rewarding some days are really hard but one day I had um, a mother was in the hospital just before Christmas and I'd gone to back to the home to pick up clothing to bring her home when she was released and I had realized how I missed the people there. Um, some of them I have become friends with over the year, and even ones I've never met, but I missed them. And it was like, wow, God, I had no clue. And they're just, they're such cool people. And when I saw the video today, I could so relate to that. It, it's like, all they want is just for you to smile and say hello. That's like giving them a million dollars. And so I'm learning how to love people, um, to let my guard down, not, not to put, you know, to be, everything has to be right. I have to look right. I ha I, no, no, no. It's like, hey, you know what? If I have a bad hair day, it's okay. Put a hat on, you know. Um, but it, it, it's just, it, it's like letting my guard down on my heart and opening my heart. Because if I don't open my heart, God can't talk to me either. Yeah. You know, so, so that's been my year. And um, yeah. I today, I can only say for today, today I choose to open my heart and let God just, um, what, whatever he wants to do. Yeah. And that, that scares the life out of me. But I know it'll be okay. Yes. Yeah, thanks, Cindy. Yeah, wow. We're, there's probably more sharing. What we're going to do, though, is we need to move into the next part of our service. Shucks. So I know, I know, but I, I thought I'm going to segue back over to Tony uh, for the next part. But I did... As I'm listening to all of you, I thought, oh, I need to update you just briefly. Last January, I had gone on retreat, and when I came back, I had a life-changing spiritual experience, one of those massive spiritual experiences, and I had no words. It was that reframing, and basically what happened was Father God, whom I realized I had not actually... All I did was yell at that God, that member of the Trinity. I hadn't really engaged him. All to say, he introduced himself to me. He showed up, and I came back, and i like to offer you, you know, just a little bit, be, simply because we all grow from listening to each other. But I had no words. It wasn't until, like, May, I think, finally of reflecting and noticing and staying with it, I had some words to share with you. All right, it's been a very hard year. Just recently, I just told Tony, like this week or the week before, oh, I'm reflecting. That experience happened last January for me out of the love of God for me. But it also expands out because this year was so hard. And looking back now, what I recognize is the emotion like all emotions do, shifted. I was not, I'm feeling what I'm feeling, and I wasn't feeling very happy about a lot of things that happened this year. However, 
always there was this place way down deep inside of me that never moved, no matter what was happening. Never moved. Solid place to stand. Confidence. In faith, like, I have, I have faith, but, like, no. Regardless, Papa's there. Papa's here. That's all that matters. And I'm coming up on the end of the year grateful. So I just want to kind of come full circle with you and say, wow. Um, it isn't always easy, but it's worth staying with these movements and reflecting. Because I've grown this year in the midst of some very challenging circumstances. I think like I've never grown before. And um, I'm grateful here for all of you because we form a kind of a container together as a community that even when we're not talking about it, we're holding it together. So I just thank you for being you. Um, I don't think I'd be here where I am now spiritually today with the freedom and the clarity that I have right now if I wasn't part of this family. So thank you. Yeah. I certainly would not be. Mm-hmm. You guys are extraordinary. Yep. We don't tell you that often enough. Right. And some of this sharing, the sharing is extraordinary. We could probably do this all day yeah. if we would pass the microphone around and all of us say something. And it's so encouraging what we say to one another. Cindy, as you talk about leaning more into the love, here, you know, and I imagine there's others in the room who are hearing that same invitation from God. And we hear that together, and we can respond to that together. I notice a theme for what was being said here. And somewhere along the way, it seemed like ultimately it was going to be about trust. We notice what's going on. We see what God's invitation is. It takes some courage to step forward. I'm going to make sure I'm still part of this community. I'm going uh, to make sure that I am asking for the help that I need. I'm going to make sure I open myself up to God's love. I'm, gonna, I'm going to start packing boxes before I know if these boxes are going to go anywhere. It's those kind of things. We, we act in trust, and the, the God is there with us. Yeah. It's the living it out in trust that matters the most. We can talk all we want. It's a living out that matters the most. And we don't say have to put a burden on your shoulders, by the way. We all do have choices in the, new, in the new year. But none of us are alone in those choices and decisions. We've got each other, yes. But we've also got the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who's inviting us. It's the Holy Spirit who has the primary responsibility then for our, to, 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 to help us implement the yes that we give to the Spirit. That's yes. The Spirit is the one who helps us in our reflections and guides us in our growth and speaks to us in our experience and leads us in the way forward. So this is ongoing communication with the Spirit. And we have a fancy word for that at church. It's called prayer. (laughs) (laughs) Now, it may be helpful to remember that there are different kinds, all sorts of different kinds of prayers, just like there are all sorts of different kinds of experiences and our responses to them. We tend to think of prayer as primarily one of those kinds, but it's sometimes... We grieve for what has happened. Some of us are sitting here at the end of 2023 and looking back and going, this hurt. And we're feeling sorrow and greed and lament. Some of us are feeling it for our friend Ellsworth this week. And so our prayer becomes a lament. This is how I'm feeling, God, and it hurts. It sucks. I don't like this. I'm trusting you in it. Sometimes that lament is even followed by confession. 
for our own complicity in things. Sometimes things hurt because of what we've done. And we've been the one that's imposed hurt or harm on others and were because of our relationship with God. And we confess that, and that's another form of prayer. Sometimes in the other end of things, we rejoice in what we've experienced. Yay! And so our prayer is one of gratitude. And I suspect that there's a fair amount of gratitude that we could be offering up to God here at the end of this year, all of us. Perhaps alongside the lament and the confession. Sometimes our reflections teach us something really cool about God. Wow, I never saw that before. And it results in praise. And praise is a form of prayer. Do you notice how many of our praise songs that we sing here are actually prayers? They're, they're sung directly to God. It doesn't have to be sung, by the way. Praise is a form of prayer. Sometimes we see acutely that we need something. And then our prayer, because somebody needs something, and then our prayer becomes one of petition. It's a cry for help. Help God. Help my friend. Help my loved one. Help me with this. And again, we, do, we tend to think of prayer primarily as petition. And it can be. God invites that. It's okay. But it's all these other ones too. And sometimes at the end of a learning process, and we have clearness and can offer clearness, Maybe our prayer is more of a blessing over others. Some of the sharing, maybe even if not it framed in that way, has become a blessing over others here. So we value, we value prayer highly here. <clears throat> As hopefully you know, we include it in every service. We have our prayer closet open every, every Sunday. And each year on this Sunday, for those of you who've been here for a while, you know where I'm going with this. And if you haven't been, we got something cool. Each year on this Sunday, as we look back and look forward, we'd invite you to identify some prayers for this coming year and write them down on a card. We have a technical term for this. We call it a prayer card. (laughs) Now, you probably received an envelope as you came in. If you did not, raise your hand, and uh, Mike, a new man, will come and, um, and, uh, and, and give you one. If you haven't, if you've done this before, you know what's up. If you haven't done this before, the first assurance is that what you're going to do is confidential. No one else sees this, unless you show it to them. What you invite you to do is take this card and write down a, a prayer, or two, or three, something, just a summary of it, something that as you're going into the new year, you're feeling the Spirit nudging you, this is maybe, this is what I want to see, I want to see God do. In me. This is something I'm lamenting and hoping that there's some resolution for. Here's a confession that I, I want to be able to live in freedom by the end of this, this year. Whatever it is, you write it down using the handy-dandy little pencil that's included in your envelope. This is a two-for-one offer. It's an end-of-the-year clearance. And, uh, and then you put, it, you put it in the envelope. You seal it. Put your own address on it. And then we'll collect them at the end. And again, if you've done this before, what happens is that our church staff just holds these, stares at them, maybe even prays over them, some of them, I think, and, um, and at the end of the year, we mail them back to you, and you can open up and see what it is. Uh, reflect. You can do the process here. What have I learned this past year? Well, how has God answered my prayers? How has God changed me as a result of my prayers this, uh, this past year? So we're going to give you a few moments to do that. But then we got enough time for this. After the few moments, we're actually going to invite a few public prayers. If there's something that you already know that you want to pray for or can pray for on behalf of the congregation or the world. So not just yourself, although that, that's cool too, but write those down. 
but we're going to invite prayers of any kind to in a few moments here at a microphone, or we'll get a mic to you and um, to pray about what God has for you. You can take some time when the service is over to finish that. If you're not done yet, we don't want to rush you. Also want to honor the time that we have here. Thank you, Jeff, for being multi-talented this morning. So we're going to take maybe five minutes to just invite some public prayers, something that would encourage others. Uh, they don't have to be flowery, please. They don't have to be long, please. It don't have to be anything but real. Who would want to um, offer a prayer on behalf of them? Julie's got one for us here, Jeff. Lord, I just ask that this year everybody has a change of heart mm-hmm. and a change of heart towards trusting God in all things that happen. I pray that the challenges will be looked as opportunities for growth, for hope, and for a way of coming alongside someone and saying, I have your back. I've been there. I know what you're going through, but I'm going to pray for you. Lord, may we overall as a congregation just deepen the visions that we see, the words that we hear, and pull it through our lives with love and bring it all together for each other. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
I want to offer a prayer of gratitude to the Lord. <clears throat> so uh, this year I came through surgery for kidney cancer successfully and for hernia repair successfully and for a eustachian tube dysfunction successfully. And I came through a car accident where my wife's car was whip, was uh, totaled. I was whiplashed. But again, successfully, and uh, was able to have a hand in saving my youngest son's life when he had an internal bleed when we were away, and uh, he's doing well. So God has come through on every count. So praise your Lord. Amen. Along with finding out that I do have a family here, God showed me that I have a family at home. Not my home home, but I have five brothers and two sisters. Out of those five brothers, three of them have died in the last two years. And it has really showed me I did always belong. I wasn't adopted. I wasn't just thrown in there, but I want the other two to live. And they have, they have, both of them have cancer right now, but I know God's going to be there for them and help them. Yeah. Lord, we pray for their healing. Mm-hmm. We thank you that you love them and Sherry and her whole family. May it be so, Lord. Amen. Mark, and then Rayella will close out with you. Loving creator, most merciful redeemer, thank you for presence among us. Lord, in this year, help me help each of us to move from stubbornness to steadfastness in you, to know how the difference between holding fast to that which is good and to move with your spirit's movement with, within oneself, within this family, here at Hosanna. Thank you, Lord, that you reveal as I open, that you respond as I invite. May the wind of your spirit direct us with the the gentle or forceful wind that we need for our sails. Thank you, Lord, that your omnipresence is available to each as we need and as we need to open to you. Thank you, Lord. The amazing part 
to me is that I'm a controller and I'm giving that up. And it's working amazingly. And guess what? It takes no effort to let go. Look at, look at Joanne. Um, my New Year's resolution card from last year, I didn't remember what I wrote, like any of us did. And here, the first thing on it, I did, and I didn't even think about it, nor did I remember it. And guess what it was? You'll never guess. Well, guess what? To write and perform with my guitar my own song. Guess what I did? December. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jesus, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, the baby born. And um, so I am so cool with this because it required none of my control. I had an accident, so my memory is in failure. Three-word song. Doesn't Jesus use our weaknesses? I can't remember stuff. He helped me learn three guitar chords and three words, and I did it. Thank you, Lord. So watch out, people. This year's New Year's resolution, you might be involved to make a movie, to make a movie of a book. So congregation, get ready. It's going to star you, you, and you. Thank you. Lord willing. Okay, and in there is a prayer. (laughs) And we say amen. (laughs) We hear it in there. By the way, I forgot to mention, to those of you who are online watching this now or later, we, we, we have the prayer cards in here, but you have cards at home. You have envelopes. It doesn't even have to be an official technical prayer card. Feel free to send one that out. Send it into the church or up at by or whatever, and we'll do the same thing for you guys too, okay? Yes. Thanks, Tony. All right. Well, as we get ready to, to close our last service of 2023, just in response to all of the praying, just, you know, for some reason, I'm in a season of being awake, like, almost every morning from 3 till 5.30. That's just what happens. I do a variety of things during that time, praying. Uh, one early morning last week, I couldn't go back to sleep, so I listened to an audiobook from John O'Donohue, who is a writer, a Celtic Christian writer that I very much enjoy. It was worth being awake for that listen to that audiobook. In that book, he spoke beautifully and at length about prayer. And what caught my heart in those early morning hours was hearing him say what I knew and then more. That prayer isn't merely something that we do. Prayer becomes who we are. Because scripture tells us that we are in the spirit, we are in Christ, and we are in God. That's the source of our prayer. That we're in God, in the spirit, in Christ. What He said was, so we inhabit prayer. We live in prayer because we live in God. In other words, then, it's it's not the words we pray. It's the source of those words that allows those words to become living words. Words that take on flesh like God did in Jesus and Christ does in us so that we can make Invisible spiritual realities, very real and tangible in this world. And that's what I was hearing that theme all the way through this morning. So we're going to close our last service of 2023 with a blessing prayer. And then at the end, we can all respond with our yes to this blessing and to all of our prayers. Everything written here and everything wordless within us becoming tangible in 2024. All right? Here is a blessing, closing blessing. 
It's uh, John O'Donohue. It's called For a New Beginning, which is what we're at midnight yet again going to enjoy. In out-of-the-way places of the heart, where your thoughts never think to wander, this beginning has been quietly forming, waiting until you were ready to emerge. For a long time, it has watched your desire, feeling the emptiness growing inside you, noticing how you willed yourself on, still unable to leave what you had outgrown. It watched you play with the seduction of safety and the gray promises that sameness whispered, heard the waves of turmoil rise and relent, wondered, would you always live like this? Then the delight when your courage kindled and out you stepped onto new ground, your eyes young again with energy and dream, a path of plenitude opening before you. Though your destination is not yet clear, you can trust the promise of this opening. Unfurl yourself into the grace of beginning that is at one with your life's desire. Awaken your spirit to adventure. Hold nothing back. Learn to find ease in risk. Soon you will be home in a new rhythm for your soul senses the world that awaits you. Is that so true? And we place that blessing on all of us here at Hosanna, on our world, on the church, for the coming year. And we all respond with a response from John O'Donohue. Let's say yes this way. May May I have have the the courage courage today today to live the life that I would love to postpone my dream no longer, but do at last what I came here for and waste my heart on fear no more. Amen? Amen. I'm looking forward to 2024 with all of you and with God. Happy New Year. It's going to be a good one. On your way out, we got some ushers at the back of buckets. Put your envelopes in one and your pencils in the other. And if you accidentally sealed your pencil into the envelope, take it back out.